podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back for another edition of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Joining me today is Sarah or Amber Salamander on Twitter and Sutton Sal on various or non-league forums mostly, I think, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> I'm still non-league at heart, I think. <laughs> so you and I have known each other for a, f- a few weeks um, <laughs> and you're a very long-term Sutton supporter and as always um in awe of all of you guys who traipse up and down the countryside where i'm like, literally make the the close away games like crawley the other week but um generally i'm a mostly a, a home su- home supporter only anyway so what we've got is the normal little thing i know you've been on before and some people will be wincing because that means that they know that they're going to get called back again but what we're going to do now very very quickly is the regular little who are you so tell us all about yourself Well, it depends what you want to know, really. But, I mean, I I don't know what I said last time I was on. Um, I I think those people who are wincing are probably wincing now because they're going to hear me go on about myself again. Um, I've been following Sutton for 26 years. I started going late 1995. Um, Like you said, I'm a home and away fan. Um, Very, very stubborn. Uh, I consider myself very lucky to be able to be this stubborn when it comes to never missing a Sutton game. I have, before the pandemic, I think my total was I missed one game in 16 years, but that's only because they wouldn't let me out of hospital. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now now it's kind of, it, you know, COVID changed all that, obviously. But yeah, that that's that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. I'm sort of used to, used to call myself a loud one behind the goal, but I kind of let other people be loud these days. Yes, yes, we've all, I, I, we've grown old disgracefully following them. Yes, yeah, so there's a few things you've kind of skimmed over because um, we're assuming a lot of people already know you. You did the reminded of this when I was listening to Terrace Memories, I think it was you were on a couple of weeks ago when you did the epic bike rides to every every um, away match when we were in Ryman. That's right, that was the 2010-11 <coughs> season. I cannot believe that it was over a decade ago. <coughs> it made me kind of think, oh, hang on a minute, well, the money that we raised, was, um, wasn't it towards a new stand or something? Or the foundation? It was the Community Development Fund, so it did sort of... Um, it, we, were, we were looking at building new stands, weren't we? But, the, I mean, the money's not gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still kind of in the pot for doing things like that. Yeah. Excellent, and it was a it was a goodish amount of money, especially at the. Uh, it sounds like we're talking about decades. Well, it was a decade ago, uh, but ages ago. But at the time when we were a little tiny little club, uh, four or five thousand or something like that. What? It was four four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah, yeah I was I was like you know that's that's a massive achievement, not by me, but just amazing from everybody who put <clears> that money in. Well, yeah, because especially when you're talking at the time, I think our average gate would have been about four or five hundred maybe i'm doing us a disservice there but um 
we yeah you, you we had a smaller pot of supporters at the time um certainly to certainly, yeah. to call upon but one of the things i wanted to do is to try and give some small amount of continuity to my big gap in between doing these episodes and we spoke very very briefly last um, sorry last episode about doswell left but just wanted to kind of in very very brief terms talk about the 2019-20 season um so that was kind of matt's first season really and we obviously then it got cut short for um very obvious reasons so do you have any kind of memories or anything you wanted to talk specifically about there well it started well didn't it if you remember we had um, we had a good win up at Hartlepool mm-hmm. um, I think that may have been Matt's first um, competitive game in charge and uh, you know we we will we, we, none of us really knew what to expect did we because um, because Matt hadn't had a managerial post before apart from obviously being an assistant at a few clubs um, and we obviously knew him a bit because he'd been at Sutton for a few months as part of the, as you talked about, um, I think you talked about on the last podcast, yeah. he'd been part of the coaching team. And uh, I remember at that game, think, you know, f- feeling pretty good about the way things were going, which yeah. is a shame because <laughs> what happened later in the season, but we, obviously no one could have predicted that. No, we, we did, um, and again, trying to remember back is a bit difficult because obviously so much has happened since, but we... We did go in with a few, quite a few players. There was quite a mass exodus of players, and I remember there was, there was kind of a, a, I think we said underwhelming feeling of going for the um, the, the the easy option, and then there were some some dissent with people saying, "Well, hang on, when he was appointed, isn't that when our results started going wrong and all, all this kind of rubbish?" and I do remember, I remember that. yeah, quite a few of us kind of older ones were like, no, no, this isn't this isn't what Sutton do. We 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 get behind and go with it. But then we had a period of, I think, again, trying to think back, there was a period, quite a long period of no wins. I think two months is making me something's jumping at me that we didn't win for a couple of months, which at many clubs would have been a bit of a problem. But obviously, we are different here at Sutton. Um, and if I remember, I think COVID saved well not saved him but came at a very good time for Matt because there was a bit of whinging going on at the time if if you can remember back can you well yeah I can certainly remember the whinging and I can certainly remember you know the impact of of Covid when sort of suddenly it it stopped things but yeah like you say it's all a bit fuzzy now because because so much happened because because what happened next was so sort of such a massive upheaval it's really quite difficult to to kind of think back to when things were normal almost yeah um, but I think you're right there and I, and I do I do remember people were getting a bit, a bit frustrated uh, we felt that we should be doing better I was I will put my hands up and, and say that I was one of the people who felt a little bit underwhelmed by the initial appointment but by that point I was also one of the people saying look we've got to give him a chance it's his first season in charge he's getting to know things a lot of players have left he's kind of settling things down you can't expect someone to come in especially if it's their first kind of first time in charge of, you know, first time as a manager. You can't expect someone to come in to start something sort of quite so unsettled because Dos leaving really rocked the boat at Sutton, I think, because he put so much in not just on the sort of foot, on the football pitch, but also off the pitch and he becomes such a big part of the club and it really did shake things up when he left. Although I think, you know, I think Andy said uh, last time that, you know, he probably... T- probably left at a good time for him and for us 
um, just because he'd taken the club as far as he probably could. But it did shake things up. And, you know, we were all quite mindful of that. And, and I remember saying that, you know, mm-hmm. give this guy a chance. He's come into... It's a really difficult time to come in. There was huge shoes to fill. And it, it was a really difficult time to come in. And, of course, things were going to take a little while to settle down. And, uh, yeah, I can now say I was right. <laughs> so that's nice, isn't but it, it? Yeah, but it was also... Dos leaving was obviously huge. But there was also... I think Jamie Collins stopped and Mickey Bailey left. And there was there's a few, not necessarily players who were going to be playing week in, week out, because obviously they're, they're coming towards the end of their career. They were career, the hardcore, but, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but they were the dressing room. They were the guys that yeah. kept kept people in, in check. And, and, it sounds like awful, but it was like, this is how we do things. And just the, the senior players, I think, is probably a better way of saying it. Um, yeah. So th- there was all that going on at the same time. So, yeah, they, they, I think if anyone kind of says oh no I knew this was going to happen um they're they're they're, they're a barefaced liar um I think I'm not I'd even say the, the board would have been having great hopes but not in any way shape or form what's actually mentally happened but the whole Covid thing was and I know that hit you quite hard with the, the, the not being able to go to the, the football and I know you mentioned that again on the terrorist memories you were on the other week um, but one thing I, I just as I was looking at I did see that although the season was cut short. We did get to our magical fifty points, and so we got to our fifty, and then they cut the season. It's like, do you know what? It doesn't matter. We would have been safe anyway. We don't really care. But yeah, it was a difficult time. Obviously, suddenly the 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 familiarity of being able to go somewhere every Saturday was taken away from you. So how was how did you get to cope with that? Well, I didn't really have time to think to be honest, right at the beginning, because I mean, I work in social care, I work in social care regulation. And my goodness, that was a, a absolutely bonkers time. You know, things at work were just really, really bad, really, really difficult. And I had two small children to look after who were not in school. And I was used to them being out of the house all day while I worked. They, you know, there was I had to homeschool a four year old, which is not the easiest age group to homeschool. And uh, effectively, at that point, I was working, in terms of person hours, I was working 11-day week. So, uh, you know, when, you go, when you've got a lot going on in your life, I mean, certainly for me, when you're going through something quite difficult, I always look to that kind of... Football has always been like my anchor. It's kind of a grounding thing. It's, it's always been a constant. It's always been there. I was, I was, the same thing I was saying on that other podcast, actually. And then, sort of, suddenly, it's not... this one constant that's always been there is suddenly, suddenly not there. So it was kind of, you know, everything was very, very different and it was really hard to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I cope with it, to actually finally get to answering your question, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I think a key thing was staying in touch with people from football, actually. Um, we have our little message group and we talk to each other quite a lot all the time you know messaging each other in between like hectic work and childcare and, and looking after the house and all sorts of things trying to get some food to the house Goodness yeah me, that was yeah that was difficult and, and just having my mates on the phone there and uh, so some it's a couple of times where we did a little thing i had a friend from football and we'd like watch a dvd we, we both have the same dvd in the house so we both put it on at the same time we pour ourselves a drink and we pretend that we were like sitting in the same room we'd message each other like you know about what we were watching and, and that sort of thing and it was it was staying in contact with the football people and talking we talk about football all the time even though it wasn't happening and i did things like i did i went for a lot of bike rides as well um, and yeah. i think at the time i was like we all these things 
that were really difficult and really hard for struggle for our mental health that you know we the, 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 the thing about those things was that we couldn't control it we couldn't control the fact there was suddenly no football for some people there was no work there was no money coming in for some people like me it was the opposite problem had too much to do we weren't seeing our loved ones we weren't seeing our friends uh, I couldn't control any of that so I sort of went with what can I control I can control like how much exercise I do, I control what I eat and how healthy I keep myself. And, and I got, I, I just turned into a bit of a health nut, actually. Uh, and I'm really glad I did because I feel so much better in myself <laughs> and, and I've kept up some good habits. So that's how I cope, basically. Very good. Well, I had the um, same home homeschooling problem with the little one because the big one was doing her GCSEs and me and Sal were both working here. Um, I'm afraid I made a very, very, well, at the time, shameful choice of I just bought her one of these tablets and let her crack on with her learning. It hasn't been all bad because at dinner tonight, um, she sort of took her plate and she said, oh, mummy, that looks delectable. And all of us looked at her going, excuse me? I learned that from my tablet. <laughs> Okay. Well, I that's... think that was a good thing. I think that was a really good thing to do because although, like, electronics get a bad rap sometimes, actually, they can be quite good for encouraging independent learning. Uh, yeah. And they uh, do encourage, like, um, you know, they're motivating for, yeah. for children. It the depends. Way you know. It depends on what they do. For exactly. me, and I'm in. I've said this many times to many, many people, and it's boring. But to all those kids who did GCSEs in that period, and I know I'm biased because I've got one. But I'm in awe because there's not a chance I would have done it. Absolutely not a oh, chance at all. Agree. I would have been nowhere near my studies. But anyway, this is way off track. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very brief um, thing of that, that season. And we did OK. It was all right. It was it was one of those could do better. Sticking on the school theme. See why I linked that in there? That's marvellous. That. So could have done better, but um, it, was a, it was a good start. We're going to leave... The brilliant season. I know everyone's got lots to say on that, but we'll leave that brilliant season just to make people listen another time. What I wanted to then bring us a little bit up to date is to have a very quick chat about the last three games, which confidently Jenny, Andy, Joe, and I said, "Oh yeah, we should get nine points." Um, and it didn't look that way, um, and it definitely wasn't that way because you and I tweeted at almost the same time on the Swindon match. This lot are really good. So can you? I know it was a week or so back now. Can you remember much about the Swindon game? Yeah, I mean, Swindon, I was really impressed with Swindon, actually. I thought I thought Port Vale were a good side, which they were. But Swindon were just something else, really, weren't they? They were, they were just, they really knew what they were doing. Um, and obviously, all, all teams are level well. But they were, they just, just looked very professional out there. And they, they, I remember at the match saying, this is the first time where I felt that actually... We're playing someone who might be too good for us today. And I didn't even feel that way when we played Cardiff City in the Carabao Cup. <laughs> I felt like we could get something out of this. You know, it, even 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 that, I thought Swin, that Swindon on that day that we played them looked even better <coughs> than Cardiff had, which yeah. which is ridiculous. Really. That, so I don't know if Swindon were having a particularly good day uh, that we unfortunately were on the receiving end of. Um, well, but I also, having said that, I thought to keep in the game... You know, to keep the scoreline respectable and to sort of, you know, to to get one back to um, the periods of the game. We were looking. We, uh, I don't want Swindon's performance to take anything away from us because we were very good that day. Take the, the first half hour, and I know Matt said it as well. But the first half hour, it was a case of we could get an absolute hiding here, and 
probably deserve it. Yeah, it was could have turned to the Carlisle again that we won 4-0, couldn't yeah, it? The other way around. But, it, but it, it was the ball just wasn't it was bouncing away from people. It was just it was just every little tiny, tiny detail was going slightly wrong. Some not not down to us, some down to them as you say, playing so well. But then yeah, they, this this I mean it's gonna be a recurring theme of what we, we talk about for the rest of this interview. I think this group of players just kind of just don't understand this idea of you can't if we're two nil down that means the game's gone. No 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 they just keep going got the penalty and yes in the second half probably could have nicked another goal um got a draw but it wasn't to be on that particular game but it was one of the one of the games i, I say i haven't seen them seen more i've watched highlights obviously but um one of the few games i was like oh yeah you know what we can't fuss too much about that one even against forest green we were unlucky um extra mm. very unlucky um but that one you're like okay we were probably probably beaten in that first half hour and then we did the same against Rochdale decided to give them a 2-0 lead and a man advantage there were differing opinions on Twitter about the red card I think you were firmly in the camp of it was right and it was silly but some people even watched it on replay saying they didn't think it was a red yeah it was the opposite side of the pitch to where I was so perhaps I didn't have the best view of it but to me it looked like he lashed out and um even if he didn't make contact, he was. It was. It looked to me like uh, almost a violent gesture. Even if he didn't make contact, and that's not really on. And I don't. I don't. I, I you know, with apologies, <laughs> apologies to him if I'm not right about that. Uh, but that's how it looked. It, well, yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of those giving the ref a, a decision to make. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's like, well, yeah, if, if, if it had played no out slightly differently, um, we wouldn't have necessarily had that decision to make. But even even with that, listening on, on, on the iFollow service, we got back to it. And then it seemed we had one of those little moments of we need to do that professionalism and go, no, you know what? We've just come back from two goals down. Let's let's keep this ball. Let's not go for it. But even the commentators were getting quite excited that we, we could go on and win this. And I'm sitting here going... No, no, just take the draw, take the draw, take the draw, just just keep the ball. And then we lost it with almost, the, I think it was the last kick of the game, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was literally one second away. Yeah. The end. But again, a, a brilliant fight back, and it, sh- it shows the spirit in the team. Which I know p- people have spoken about before, and it's you can see their friends, and you kind of have this thing of, I don't know whether this is a good or a bad thing, but when you're with your mates and you think, I've got to put the effort in because I'll never let me hear the end of this. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't, I'll just get rinsed about it in training or, uh, for the rest of the week. But it must have been quite a long journey home with losing in the last kick. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, I was really disappointed because, you know, I I, I didn't think Rochdale were that great in the day, uh, and I felt like we should have got more out of it but the thing is I mean if we wanted to get more out of it then we we, we could have been better on the day as well you know mm-hmm. so but actually football doesn't always work like that does it um you know it'd be like oh we've got a terrible record at this ground um but it's a lot of the time it's really just coincidence that you know that yeah, that this, yeah. um so having lost two games back to back I was I was like well, that can have a bit of a psychological effect but it's only two games it's mm-hmm. not like we've lost five games in a row or anything exactly. like that. We've lost, you know, to a very good side by a respectable scoreline. We've lost to a, a very sort of, uh, you could say, unlucky, be, being as it was the last kick of the game. Um, and we didn't obviously didn't have a chance to get back into it. 
Um, so, you know, I was, oh, I did go oh, just to feeling quite confident. I thought that this is the sort of game that we should be winning, even though it's away from home. But Colchester haven't been having a brilliant season so far. Uh, and we've kind of been, well, we, we, I didn't feel we were up to our usual standard at, at Rochdale. That's not, not, not to sort of um, criticise the players. We have been unlucky with injuries and we've, got, we've had some really important players missing. So, but, but even so, I thought, you know, I think we can get something out of this game. And, uh, well, of course we did, didn't we? Well, the start was uh, disappointing. I think... Um, it, it was, it was uh, heart-sinking, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I think the reason I mentioned the sports coaches, I think some people literally only just arrived or hadn't even set, uh, got there yet and um, we were 1-0 down. And that's what I was um, yeah. <coughs> Which was dis- disappointing, but... Again, spurred them on into a, a um, bit of action. That's what I love about these players, and they never say die attitude. We can no. keep talking about that, but we keep talking about that for a reason, don't we? Yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant. Really nice spirit to have, and you were around in the sort of dark seasons where it was a case of you did genuinely think there were players on the pitch that weren't trying. Um, yeah, they did, they didn't want to be there yeah. half the time. And now you've got players who you like, you know they're trying. And yes, yeah. individual mistakes might cost us in different things, different ways. But you know every single one of those players are going on that pitch trying, and that that is just brilliant for the whole team. And obviously, um, Matt's um, recruitment and coaching policies. But yes, we got the um, the win. <laughs> As Sutton fans, it was a bit funny because I think Gandamonium were tweeting. It was like literally. Five minutes to go, we were three one up, and there was uh, we're a man up, and they're still going. You better hold on. You better hold on. <laughs> Hang on. There should be a point where we go. We're comfortable here. We're all right. We're fine. But oh no, we, never we, comfortable. No, we don't, we just don't <laughs> seem to, to get. I think even against Carlisle, it was four nil. We're like, oh, I don't know. You know, if they nick one uh, here, I was just going to say that's pretty much the only time this season. I have no. Actually, in the um, in the Papa John's Trophy against Palace. <coughs> I felt quite comfortable with that right, because, yeah. you know, we were clearly going to win that one. Yeah. <laughs> but still thinking back to the last few days, uh, last week or so, um, I'm just going to ask you, and I know you said you didn't really get an awful lot of time to think about things, so again, it's putting you on the spot. But I'm going to ask you for a good, the bad and the ugly of the last week. So... So we'll start with the good, if you can give me what's your good of the last week or so. What can I say that I haven't already said, actually? Because, it's, I mean, what... It, it's fine. We can repeat ourselves. No, it's fine. What I thought was good um, was, I mean, like, like you say, the way, the way that we uh, didn't, didn't let that early goal ruffle us last night at Colchester. We, we didn't let it get to us. And just the confidence did not go. That's something I love about this side, like I said, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you can't you can't argue with that. <coughs> That's definitely good. Yeah, perfect. And it's going to be difficult because again, this this good, bad, and ugly focuses on negative two negatives. But um, give us a bad if you can. I mean, I've got something I think oh. is bad. Okay, it's not bad as in someone's done something. It's the we suddenly seem to have had a space of injuries just out of the blue we have, we've been fairly lucky the last couple of years and then all of a sudden it's just 
a group of injuries, and I think it made Can it I blame worse. the pitch because everyone else does. <laughs> yes, yeah, <the> plastic <laughs> pitch, not having a plastic pitch. But it's also, I think, it's just made worse by two of them being quite senior players in central midfield. I know yeah. Ali Smith has come in and done absolutely brilliantly, but yeah, the, oh, the he's, inj- been, he's been great. He's been absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I, again, one of the interviews that Matt said is kind of was like. He's given me a big problem because I expected him to come on this season, but I didn't expect him to suddenly be so so good so quickly. Isn't uh, that a nice problem, though? Absolutely. And one of the other good things about the squad selection is the, the way we've got players coming on who can cover in different positions. And Barden, who is our right-back, but then when he came on in, into central mid, it was like reminded of, actually, when he joined us, he was a centre mid, and he, went, he moved to right-back. So... Yeah, so they're having a fantastic season, though. Yes, yes, they they they, they, they brilliant. They, they they all all are, and it's it's That's such true. a cliche, but they're all like literally playing. I don't want to say above you know themselves, what? but to to their to their that um, team is more than the sum of its parts, almost, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, we we have got some some fantastic players out there, but when you put them together, they're suddenly even better. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah, and do you want to go with an ugly or should we? Well, seen two red cards this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the the one I'm, I know it was a, a, not against us; it was in our favour. But the one about the kid last night, the seventeen-year-old, kind of looking at it, and I think the ref could have just almost given the goal and said, "You got lucky there, kid." Yeah, I I I know that's not how you play professional football, but like, oh, the ball was going in anyway. You could have just you probably had a better view of that than I did from behind. <laughs> You know, no, I, I mean it was right, but um, I was like, oh, that's just because he was so young. If that had been one of the, their senior players, I'd have been like, yeah, no, get rid of him. I don't care. Um, but yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the red cards given decisions to make. In, again, as you said, apologies to um, Mr. Bennett if he, if he didn't do it, but um, it certainly looked like that. Right. So before I move on to, we we'll talk about a little bit about Walsall. We're going to do a very very quick, which a uh, little thing which Mark has helped me with again. So, so once again, thanks to, to Mark Bravery um, on Twitter or Amber Aleman on the forum. I gave him a little challenge this week to choose a, a, a more local pub because obviously we're not away this week. We're just at home and I pretty much have a grudge against most pubs in Sutton, which is probably says a lot about me rather than the pubs. And he's gone for, um, he said, it's in the enemy territory, but he wants to go for the Hope because it's a, a brilliant little pub and lots and lots of ales and obviously a very well-known Sutton fan works there as well so it's the hope in Carshalton not in Sutton but if you go in there and say Sutton podcast sent you they'll go who well I don't know anything about you mate but that's the pub of the week now just to talk about quickly Walsall we don't know an awful lot about these clubs any of the clubs that we're facing but what are you looking forward to over the weekend well that's uh I I think that's a very good choice for pub of the week so um (laughs) if I'm going to the pub I will go to that pub so yes excellent choice yeah as you say Walsall um, again, a bit of an unknown quantity. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying Sutton United have never played Walsall um, in any competition, unlike Colchester. And uh, it, it's again, it's quite, it's quite hard to, it's a hard one to call. Walsall. I was looking at the league table, and it's, it is really tight at the top, isn't it? I mean, if you look at where we are, the sides between us and second place. I think including second place actually. So second to fifth, there's only a couple of points in it. 
So, in fact, if they all if they all drew and we won by three goals, we'd be second in the league. Isn't that ridiculous? That's something to look forward to over the weekend. <laughs> are they playing um, each other? They're not playing each other, are they? They're not, pl- they're not <laughs> playing each other, no. But they, the problem is they are all playing sides in the bottom half of the league. Oh. Yeah. See, see so, what you did there? You got, you got me all up, excited, looking at the table, and now I'm down again. <laughs> well, we can't, you no, can't rely on anyone else to get results. All you can no. do is look at your own side. So, exactly. you know, we... we, we you know, all we've got to do is is try and win. That that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, don't, don't know an awful lot about Walsall. Well, we, um. But they're, I mean, where are they in the league? They they, they must be bottom full, half because everyone's bottom 14th, half. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So only just bottom half, but still, it's it's difficult to call because we yeah. the sides that we, the sides that we haven't done so well against. I mean, we've <coughs> lost to Rochdale. We've lost to Oldham. <coughs> And yes, we've lost we've lost to sides that aren't doing well. But then we had an absolutely brilliant win against Port Vale, who were who are really really are doing well. We we now we lost to Swindon, who who are doing well, and it's it's pretty unpredictable at the moment with us, isn't it? Especially yeah. with all these injuries, because you, you can't really. It's difficult to look at form when you've got a lot of injuries, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Walsall are they're pretty much middle of the road, and they've got fourteen games, four wins, five draws, five losses. Um, although they've not been beaten in their last five, apparently. But that said, it's 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 just one of those weird ones again that we're playing these clubs that you've heard about all your life. They're a proper league club. They're, it's Walsall. Cast them on They're, the motorway yeah. whenever you go up to Northwest. Yeah, it's Walsall. If we got them in the FA Cup five years ago, we'd be like, oh, that's a big that's a big tie. Yeah. Um, and but it's not. It's a normal, regular, normal league game. Yeah, I'm I'm like you. I don't know. A huge amount about them. I'm, I was never really overly interested in our opponents most of the time. To be quite honest with you, I'm just more like, yeah, I just want to beat them. I don't care who they are. But yeah, I've yes. been a bit non-committal and waffly with that one. But I mean, I, I would, I would we, like to see three points. I would like <clears> to see that. But of course, I would. You know, we all would. Yeah, if and if we were the question. Yeah, if we were to get the three points, we would be over our halfway to our magic fifty before a third of the season's up. So that that would be, and it would give us a nice. I mean, after um, the Colchester game, it would be a really, it would be really nice sort of building on the momentum, because um, we've, you know, we, we've got, I think we've got a lot of away matches coming up, haven't we? Yeah. Actually, this 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 cup competition is getting in the way as well. So yeah. It's, that's always difficult to kind of predict as well. Yeah. So we've got we've got the looking forward a little bit. We've got the FA Cup and then the Wimbledon and the Papa John's. Or the other way. No, yeah, I think it's that way around. Yeah, um, it is that way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're back to league. But that's one of the one of the good things about having a, a, a little loss in the middle of a run is it breaks up a winning run and takes some of the pressure off a little bit, and you get to build it all again. Um, so that's a good way of looking at that's, it. That's, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll, we'll just rebuild okay. it again. But I'm going to wrap it up there. Apart from one other question, you 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 um, have managed to somehow get yourself this reputation as 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 the baking lady. Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I did hear that. Um, well, it seems to be pressure on that you, you're expected to provide these treats now. Will there be treats at Walsall, or your busy life not going to do it this week? Oh, there'll be treats at Walsall. There'll, there'll be, be treats. Come and find me, anyone who's at the game. Come and find me. Um, I've always got treats. I'm, I'm the tuck shop, basically. <laughs> um, some of my mates used to um, pop out of the ground to the there's a little um, corner shop, not quite opposite the ground, but near it. Uh, and you can't do that anymore because you can't go out and come back in again. No. So I'm the tuck shop now. You are the tuck I shop. Mean, I mean, uh, like I like I always say, I'm not going to tread on the toes of the tea bar. So I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be giving out burgers and chips. 
<laughs> not but contraband. They don't do a lot of, they, don't, they don't do pudding, and I do. Exactly. So come, so come we, and see me after your chips. You want so pudding? Do we get an exclusive what it is this week, or is it still going to be a surprise? I'm uh, see. I'm never quite sure what it's going to be because it <laughs> tends to be whatever's left over. I mean, I, I do a lot of baking at home, mm-hmm. um, which often means I've got a lot of leftover ingredients, and I'm like, I'll just throw that together and make something out of it. Um, so I don't always know. What's going to, I've got some mates coming over um, Friday night, so um, I'm doing a little bit of making a few of things for them to eat, and I'm just going to see what's left over from that. Exactly. Well, we'll, so we'll you get it. my leftovers. <coughs> um, and the, I'll say this uh, just just to quickly um, add to that that um, I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I never charge money for anything, but I do ask people to donate to a charity, which um, I will. I this week is going to be Stonewall. Stonewall. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have. Um, I'm just going to request that anyone who takes a treat off me, which you're absolutely welcome to do, if you can afford to make a donation to Stonewall, please do. And even if you don't take a treat, you can just do it for the ones who didn't manage to make a donation. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. We'll look forward to um, seeing Sarah slash Sal's surprise. Um, Need to think of somehow saying baking with an S at the end, and you can have perfect alliterations there. Um, but I will... they're not always baked, so I'll uh, yeah I'll find I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. For yeah, you. exactly. I know <laughs> I know you love your little uh, your word plays and and whatnot. And I'll... I do. Yes. <laughs> so we will see you on Saturday. Thank you very very much, and um, let's hope there's another three points in the weekend. Let's hope so. Thank you, Mike. It's been a very pleasant chat. No worries. Thank you. And joining me now is a helping to preview the Walsall game at the weekend is Simon from Walsall Fan TV. Hello, Simon. How are you? Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Nervous for Saturday, mind you. <laughs> what we'd like to do on the show is a little just um, introduction of yourself. Um, tell us about yourself, who you are, and your Walsall connections. Essentially, it is a case of who are you? <laughs> I've got you. <laughs> um, Simon Ward. I run Warsaw Fan TV. It's a YouTube channel that um, sort of really sort of burst burst into life from the uh, from the shadows during the shut lockdown. Um, we started streaming watch-alongs and that sort of stuff, and sort of gained some popularity from that. I've supported Warsaw since 1981, which obviously Oof. was way before I was born, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've never lived in Warsaw. Oh, right. My uh, my dad was from Brown Hills, and I was born in Cowesley, which is sort of about seven mile away from Warsaw. And I'm much closer to uh, West Brom, the Wolves, mm-hmm. and uh, even Villa and Blues. I think are closer than Warsaw. But um, you know, you can't change your team, and uh, that's where that's where my dad took me. And he only took me once, so I had to go me get me own way there after. Um, and um, most of my mates are Wolves fans, and they've tried to get me to support the Wolves. But Warsaw, it's there, isn't it? Just something stuck. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. And um, I saw my mate tried to get me to support the Wolves. I went <coughs> over there, and it was long, long ball, hoof football. And then Warsaw always played good passing football. And it's much more entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you stick with it, don't you? Oops. And the, the mantra, the mantra of the channel, which most football fans will be perfectly in line with, is uh, the joy and the pain. <laughs> yes. We, and Warsaw had their fair share of pain last season, while Sutton were <coughs> you know, on cloud nine. 
absolutely yeah if we uh we're definitely living uh, some sort of dream. We know, none of us actually dreamt it, but it's it's a dream from somewhere. They keep saying the uh, the Salford lot is the fairy tale, um, but when you look at the money pumped into it, you got to say, well, hang on a second, let's look at Sutton. Is um, we've we've done yeah, the same as Salford on a on a shoestring. Yeah, that's that's brilliant, really. <laughs> I think um, the the fairy tale area for me, in fact, it happened to be. Um, the best weekend of my life, you could say. Um, I got married <coughs> on um, the 10th of August 2003, which was the Sunday, and the Saturday was Warsaw kicked off in the championship and beat West Bromwich Albion 4-1. Marvellous. That was a, a, a weekend that uh, obviously will be with me for a long time. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, you, you say so you're... you're... 2003 your championship yeah we, we we went up into the championship we started after the first game of the season we were top of the league and west brom were bottom um but at the end of the season west brom were top and we were bottom and oh. uh, we, then, uh, our demise sort of uh and all that. Since then. <laughs> well we, we've kind of gone almost exact opposite there um yeah. so we were 11 years well 12 years ago i guess um in the ryman league and that's basically you've got your national league then your national north and south and then underneath you've got regional divisions um so essentially what sutton has done and a lot of perhaps i'd say younger um supporters of other clubs don't really realize the magnitude of it it would be the same as a club in this division getting to the premier league in the next 11 years so that's why our ground is perhaps not um the most beautiful to look at but it's beautiful for us um but it's um it's just an amazing thing from Sutton. i know it's really really biased but it, it's just mental but no no it's a good it's a good story i think obviously that the ground at some point will sort of catch up yeah but i think establishing yourself establishing yourselves in league two is the priority yeah. But, uh, the way you're going, you might not, you might not be staying in League Two <laughs> yeah. for, for a positive reason. So uh, we, I had someone on last week, and um, she was making comment about us being in the playoff places. And oh my God, wouldn't it be funny if we uh, snuck into the playoffs or went up? And the chairman overheard her, and he was um, quite curt <laughs> and told her to shut up, <laughs> stop having these conversations. But how how are you guys looking forward to something? I mean, it's a, it's an odd one because. You wouldn't have played us before. We're struggling to think of a time we've ever played each other. I don't, I don't, I can't recall. I can't recall. In all honesty, now this is rather embarrassing. I thought it was Sutton from Sutton. Sutton Coalfield, yeah. And uh, I was planning to go. I was thinking that's a nice local one. And then when I looked a bit more closely, it was, hang on, it's, it's Sutton United. Where's this? And then looked where it was. I was thinking, oh no, I'm not going to get to there. I actually think the Sutton United, there is a Sutton United in your area as well. I've got a feeling. I've seen it on the Sutton, the Sutton, um, yeah, the Sutton Coalfield one. Sutton yeah, United, yeah, it? I think it's it's one of those really odd things that the two FAs would have obviously allowed it because the two clubs are nowhere near each other and it's not going to matter. Um, <coughs> here we are, and it matters. But how how you how you sort of I, I know I spoke to you earlier on 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 your Walsall fan TV. Um, so if any Sutton fans are watching, you can watch me humiliate myself there. Um, but. <laughs> If you, um, you you stuck a prediction, you, you reckon uh, you're going to beat us 2-1, I think you said. That's my optimistic prediction. <laughs> to be honest, I think we played Barrow last week um, mm-hmm. and they equalised in the last minute of injury time. 
But first half, we had eight shots on target first half. Their keeper played an absolute blinder. We should have been out of sight by half-time. So if Walsall play in a similar fashion and convert some of the chances, at some point we're going to give somebody a right hiding. I don't know whether it's going to be Sutton, but at some point we will. <laughs> yeah, we, we we had that very similar to that ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm not one for the, the facts and figures, um, so uh, some of these may be slightly inaccurate, but we were at Exeter and we for 70 minutes played them off the park their, their manager came out and said i have no idea how i'm talking to you after winning that game and they they beat us 2-0 but we were just all over them yeah. could have given them a real hiding and i think it was the next game or very shortly afterwards we played carlisle and we it was 4-0 and it four was nil, yeah, yeah it that. was it was <laughs> although i say easy there were still moments of me sitting and standing there going yeah if they nick one now we could be in trouble but um it yeah, it, it, it all go pear yeah <laughs> um but yeah it, it just was it will you're right it, it, at some point it'll click obviously hopefully not saturday but any other day yeah. um <laughs> in, in fairness i know my prediction was 2-1 warsaw win but i think in honesty, I think I'd be happy with a point. Well, you don't. You won't get many of them with Sutton. Um, well, I was going to say you've only drawn two, so I yeah. Draw specialist. Last, I think we drew our <laughs> eighteen games last season. Oh, did you? Yeah, we yeah. we um. I think we had some draws in our first few games. I think we had Salford and Scunthorpe, and yeah. since then it's been mental wins or mental losses. We've had lots of goals in the last couple of minutes. We lost Oldham, which is is a kick in the teeth because they weren't doing great at all at the time. Yeah, that was a surprise. Um, that was a surprise. That we one. we had. We were one nil up, and I think we, collectively we all started to panic, and just started thinking, "Oh God, hang on, let's hold on for the win." And we just all the players just dropped back, and they managed to get two goals in the last, I think, yeah, yeah. two league, three minutes. League two is not a division for trying to defend. No, it's um, not not for that. Warsaw concede late goals and that sort of stuff. Yeah, which is annoying. Yeah, but hopefully it's going to be a good game. Um, hopefully there'll be, go- there'll be goals. I think <coughs> that's. Um, one weakness, which uh, it's hardly uh, it's hardly big news, really. I'm sure I'm not giving away anything that's going to affect the game, but um, our left side is very slow. Um, we've got Manny Month centre half on the left, and Stephen Ward, the Republic of Ireland international. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both slow. They're very yeah. smart and they're very good on the ball, but I mean they they struggle for pace. Yeah, you. You you probably won't enjoy our wingers up against because they they some of them are rapid. And yeah, David Ajiboy especially is, <laughs> yeah. And um, we were discussing it. Enzio plays on the left, doesn't he? He does play on the left. I think they do switch them. So I mean, because we've got Enzio, um, David, uh, we've got quite a few attacking options. To be honest, um, it's yeah. really difficult to um, sort of predict who we're going to get um, up front. I think Richie Bennett's probably suspended, so we can assume he's not going to be in the team. Uh, but we've still yeah. got four player. Any any four of the remaining strikers could could quite easily start. Um, so, so, but I think you put together, for a team with uh, with not many finances, you seem to have got a good squad together. You, you, as you said earlier, you have got a few players that are out. Yes, we've we've we have um, Eastman and Harry Buterman. I'm not sure exactly how long Eastman's out for, but Harry Buterman just broke his collarbone or dislocated oh. his collarbone, oh, so yeah, he's going to be he's yeah. going to be a little while. Um, yeah. But we had a player come in because Harry got COVID earlier in the season, and we had a young guy come in that we got. Um, earlier in, in the close season, um, Alistair Smith, and he's just been absolutely amazing um, for for a young guy. He's just literally slotted in, and he's just done brilliantly. And then when Harry came back, Matt, the manager was basically saying, 
this is a terrible problem. It's a nice problem to have, but basically yeah. this guy's come in and done so well and Harry's been the best player for me all the time I've been here and I can't get him back in the team. Um, unfortunately, when he did get back in the team, he, say, he went down against Swindon and um, broke his shoulder. Well, it dislocated his shoulder. Um, so hopefully we're going to have a, a great weekend. Um, I just wanted to put another little plug out for your channel. It's Walsall Fan TV. Um, and you do, uh, you didn't mention it and I'm hoping I'm not going to put you on the spot and embarrass you or anything, but, um, you do, you're an author as well. So I know you try and keep yeah, them a bit yeah, separate, uh, but I'll drop you in it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's, it's good. I have a love of, uh, new technology and that sort of stuff. Um, so I've, I've written, I'm just in the process of finishing my third book in the Awakening series. And um, that is sort of a, a mix-up, really, of uh, futuristic romantic drama is the first one. That's uh, Finding Love in 2045. Uh, the second one, Awoken, that's more of a thriller, mm -hmm. um, sort of futuristic thriller. And Time to Click, there's a little bit of horror in that, but that's a bit of a thriller slash romance sort of thing as well. But the one that the uh, your listeners may be more interested in is a book I've got out for proofread at the moment, which is uh, a non-fiction, Why You Should Teach Your Children About Gambling. And, uh, oh, I've right. Some, I've got some uh, recovering gambling addicts that are sort of uh, reviewing the book at the moment. Um, and I'm having some very, very good feedback. From Excellent. That. I mean, <laughs> you obviously wouldn't know this at all, but I, I used to do some horse tipping. Uh, yeah, okay. um, and I was uh, uh, I was okay it, it, it was always in profit but it was one of the things that really really conflicted me is um, people one of, the, one of the reason I started it is I wasn't able to win any money because um, all of my accounts were closed down very very quickly or limited to like 20p bets um, yeah. which irritates because they, they say oh, it's obviously for your protection and I'm like it's not for my protection at all um, but <laughs> then you read about stories where people um lose three hundred thousand pounds lose their house and you're like hang on a minute how, how can you limit me for winning a couple of hundred pounds and then yeah, if, you, you, if you're taking money out of them they'll they'll stop your account yeah they're there to make money yeah well i get they're there to make money um and i i, I do understand that but they, they, they these strict rules they have for people winning do need to be applied to the people who are losing that much because if 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 you're a, that's never going to happen. Yeah, it's it's just it's. Oh, sorry, I didn't even know about that book, and now I'm on my little soapbox now. <laughs> now, well, to me, to me, it's um, I I've sort of, I've I've never really been in trouble gambling, but I can understand how people get into trouble. Yes. And um, I've I've had times when I've sort of got carried away a little bit with it, and then. I always test myself on this for, for anybody who's got any addictions or potential addictions. The, the challenge to oneself is can I step away from this completely for one month? So, so that, that's what I do, uh, whether it was chocolate or crisp <coughs> and that, that sort of stuff. Am I addicted to this? Can I stop it for, for a month and not yeah. be affected by it? Yeah. Um, but the essence of the book is about education because if you say to children and and adults really don't gamble it's a bad idea you're going to lose lots of money don't gamble don't gamble don't gamble you do that people it doesn't make any sense to people and they'll just carry on um what the book does is explains the different sides of the game 
as mm. in um, the promoters, the side they're on, and the odds, the real odds that you faced with things like responding to um, competitions on the on commercial radio, for example. Yeah, that the odds are so stacked in their favour. It's um, it's it's more <laughs> the phrase I use. It's not gambling. It's teasing. Yes, um, and sort of coining that phrase really and sort of going and looking at all forms of gambling from sort of football betting to casinos and and as I say the commercial radio stuff, the national lottery. Yeah. That and going into details on that. In in Excellent. A, in a very sort of um in a in a relaxed, chatty kind of way with some of my own personal experiences. Um, in fact, one very bad personal experience on spread betting that I uh, attempted, that uh, I did lose a lot of money on. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I I learned from the experience and uh, and added it to added to my life uh, life lessons, I suppose. Yeah, no, perfect. Well, do you know what? I'm glad we stumbled on that because um, that that is that is really really interesting. I would never even brought it up. Um, let us know when it is out, and I'll I'll. Um, sort of let people know and, and drop the link as well so okay, um yeah please do um so getting back on to the football um obviously i hope wish you very well for the season apart from saturday and the uh, reverse fixture but um hopefully it's a good game um i sound like bruce forsyth um but we <laughs> we will um wrap it up there thank you very very much it's been a pleasure uh, as I say, if anyone else wants a little preview, um, it's Walsall Fan TV. There's a YouTube channel, or your Twitter handle is—is is it at Walsall? Uh, at Sedgley Simon. Oh, is that for the—is that for the Walsall one as well? The, yeah, the, yeah. The Walsall, the Walsall Fan TV uh, handle on Twitter is at Sedgley Simon. At Sedgley Simon. Okay, I will make um, sure you're tagged in to it as well. So that's people... it. The, my author stuff. Um, I can I can send you links for that. And Perfect. Sort of, yeah, because I've, I've got separate accounts for my author stuff. Perfect. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. And we'll we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Cheers, mate. That wraps us up for this week. Thank you to my guests, Simon and Sarah. Don't forget to find Sarah at the uh, Warsaw Games. Get your cakes and make your donation to Stonewall. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I hope it's a great match. See you soon. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.